0: Locked on Longhorns, the show. Jonathan Davis, your host. A big game tomorrow. Texas is facing off against West Virginia, the two bottom teams in the Big 12 currently. And I had to bring on a West Virginia representative to talk to y'all about this big game tomorrow. I got Uncle Luke Wiggs with me. So Uncle Luke Wiggs, (laughs) tell him, uh, you know, where you're from and uh, what you do and how you got involved with West Virginia football.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Jonathan. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. And uh, I will try to be the best representation of the great state of West Virginia. I don't have an accent, Uh, but I am from Morgantown. I did go to WVU and I've been covering WVU semi-professionally and professionally uh, for the last five or six years. So, you know, I'm excited for this matchup. Nine and a half point favorites for your boys. I think that's a little too high of a number, but obviously more stuff we can get into as the uh, podcast goes on.
0: Hey, you know, I'm I'm a the resident Texas fan, the resident Kool-Aid drinker, but I do agree, <laughs> <All> right? Ten <laughs> points is a lot. You know, it's hard to beat teams by double digits, especially in conference play. Quick hitter, who's your favorite West Virginia football player of all time?
1: Steadman Bailey, huge Stedman Bailey fan. He got a, a little overlooked by Tavon back in the day, but uh, Steadman would have had a better career in the league. I really think so, but I'm a huge Bailey guy.
0: Yeah, I'm a Cowboys fan. You know, we had Big Tay for a little bit, so I was going to say, I I, I, I got to go with, uh, with Tavon Austin. Man. It's a lot of panic in in Austin at the 40 acres this week after losing to Texas Tech. A lot of people are trying to figure out what this team is going to do. And West Virginia has had some really close losses as well. I think Texas's two losses are by a combined four points. I'm not sure. I know y'all games have been close. A lot of people are saying this is a must-win game for the Longhorns, and I actually agree. But people are saying the same thing about West Virginia. So, Uncle Luke, do you feel like this is a must-win game for the Mountaineers?
1: You know, it's, it's tough well, week five, Jonathan, to call this a must-win game for Neil Brown. But when you've given as much rope to him as the Mountaineer head football coach as he's been given in the past, then you can maybe say that at least it has to be a competitive game. Uh, you're right, two tough losses for WVU to begin the season. You lose to a really good pit team uh, by a single possession. Some unfortunate errors there, the pick six, and whether or not they should have gone for it on fourth down. Uh, and then they lose to Kansas. And Texas fans, not to rub salt in the wound early, know what losing to Kansas can be like you know uh, to derail a season however as games go on that's a pretty good Kansas team that West Virginia I think lost to I think Daniel's a quarterback he's, he's something else uh, but at two and two and coming off of that Kansas loss uh, Mountaineer fans certainly calling for Neil Brown's head. but he's got a 20 million dollar buyout so he's around for the immediate future I don't necessarily think that he's somebody that's not going to be brought back to Morgantown if they don't beat Texas Uh, But certainly it's a game where the Mountaineers need to put up a fight and certainly cover that nine and a half point line that's being spotted Texas's way.
0: Look, y'all say we lost to Texas. I say we showed y'all who Kansas really is. I mean, excuse me. Y'all say we lost to Kansas. I say we showed y'all who Kansas really is. Right. We we, we showed y'all who Kansas was before the world believed. All right. Let's get into it, man. Uh, You know, Longhorn Nation, they know what's going on with this Texas team. I've talked enough. We got to talk about West Virginia. Uh, In your opinion, Uncle Luke, what are the strengths of this West Virginia football team?
1: Well, they're really good offensively. They're one of just nine offenses in all of college football that's averaging over 200 yards passing and 200 yards rushing per game. JT Daniels, of course, the quarterback, has been fantastic for WVU uh, this season. The transfer is the best quarterback that Neil Brown has had. But, you know, Austin Kendall and Jarrett Deggy don't exactly set a very high bar. There's three really talented running backs in this backfield highlighted, of course, by C.J. Donaldson, who's one of the top rushers in the Big 12 this year. It's just a pure freshman. He's 240 pounds. He's a converted tight end, and we didn't even expect him to take snaps until the pit game, uh, and he's been great ever since. There's depth at wide receiver, and this offensive line, as talented as we knew it would be for this West Virginia team that features uh, three West Virginia natives in their left tackle, Wyatt Milam, their center, Zach Frazier, and Doug Nestor, their right guard. This is a talented offensive line, but now it's finally starting to play like one. They actually have a tight end that can catch passes now, which is fantastic. And the shiny new offensive coordinator from USC and Graham Harrell as well. So I would expect, based on you know, the concerns I've had with our defense, of course, here at West Virginia and what I saw last week for Texas against Texas Tech, for this to be a high-scoring beam because of the weapons that both teams have on offense.
0: Yeah, we're going to talk about C.J. Donaldson big ass in a minute, but he definitely scares me. Uh, all right, you, you eloquently stated the strengths of this West Virginia football team, and we'll see what Texas got to say about that. But what are the weaknesses? What should Texas be looking to exploit tomorrow night?
1: Well, offensively, this is a team that does have issues. They're, they can make mistakes and, and stall out on drives. They're One of the teams or led uh, college football or close to it and drops last year at the receiver position. And then there's concerns defensively Um, Obviously, Akeem Mesidor was one of their top pass rushers last year. He transfers to Miami. So they've had trouble getting after the quarterback at times against above average offensive lines. They don't have the depth at linebacker that they lost last year. When you think about uh, Vandarius Callen, Josh Chandler, Samito and guys like that that are no longer with the program. And this secondary is already on life support and we're just five weeks into the season. Uh, their top returner from last year, Charles Woods, is going to be out for the next couple of weeks. He's one of their starters at corner. They've got a James Madison star- transfer starter and Wesley McCormick at one of those cornerback positions. They're banged up again in the secondary and safety, I should say, as well. So it's uh, a secondary that they had to rebuild through the transfer portal. i McCormick from JMU. Uh, they'd have Hershey McLaurin, who came in from a community college. Rashad Ajayi came in from Colorado State. So these are guys transferring into the Power 5 level, already trying to play up to a level as it is right now. And then you throw injuries into the mix. So, on the defensive side of the ball, they have playmakers. They've still got Dante Stills, a defensive tackle, is one of the best pass rushers in the nation. But there's holes behind him, certainly, especially in that secondary.
0: Okay, okay. Uh, I'm not sure who's going to start at quarterback for the Longhorns. You know, Sark is a little secretive. Most people think it's Hudson Carr, but I definitely wish Quinn Ewers was healthy enough uh, to take advantage of that secondary uh, that you just spoke about. JT Daniels, former five star quarterback. Goes to Georgia and then ends up transferring, or excuse me, USC to to Georgia and then uh, to West Virginia. He's well-traveled. I'm going to ask you a question. I need you to fill in the blank for me, Uncle Luke. JT Daniels is at his best win blank. He
1: he has time to throw. And I know you can say that about every quarterback, uh, obviously. But he's been put into a good scheme with good weapons and good wide receivers. Uh, When this offensive line gives him time to dissect plays, he's as good as anybody in the country. He's the best quarterback that West Virginia has had since Will Greer. I would make the argument, and I'm comfortable saying this on a Texas podcast. If I said it on WVU media, I think he's better than Will Greer. We're just a couple games into the season. I don't want to get crucified for that. But he's something special to watch. If he's got time to throw and he's got a clean pocket, the other thing I would say to that is he's been uh, the recipient or the beneficiary, I should say, of one of the best rushing attacks in the nation we can talk about here in a second, like you mentioned with C.J. Donaldson. So when you're able to maintain that dual threat ability, you know, there were times in the Jarrett Dagey era, or the Austin Kendall era of some bleak offensive years for West Virginia in the past. that You had middling quarterbacks that could make plays for you. But when you take the run out of the equation, they couldn't move the ball down the field. Well, this team can run the football. This team can protect the quarterback. And you're dropping in a potential NFL talent, which I think he is, in the midst of all these weapons. And he's just making great things happen.
0: Definitely Uh, a huge fan of JT Daniels. I'm excited to uh, watch him uh, tomorrow night against Texas. A quick word from the underdog fantasy. And then we got to talk about uh, Graham Harrell. And then, of course, C.J. Donaldson, that 240 pound running back that Texas is going to have to make sure they uh, wrap up tomorrow night if they want to win this game. This episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to spice up college football season. And my pick'em for this week. Ooh, excuse me. It's easy to play and available in over 30 states. Just pick between two and five players across any team, not just your team, and decide if they will finish higher or lower. One of the easiest fantasy to play games out there, and you can win cold hard cash in a single game. Sign up with the promo code Locked On, and Underdog will double. Your first deposit up to one hundred dollars. That's deposit one hundred dollars, get one hundred dollars free. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store slash Google Play Store. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code locked on. Get in on the college football pick'em action today, Uncle Luke. I got to start reading those ad reads beforehand. You know, I just <laughs> try to wing it, and then yeah, <laughs> there's so much yeah. stuff in my face. I'm like, damn, <laughs> what am I supposed to say? Graham Harrell, Texas fans my age. I just turned twenty nine on the sixteenth. And Texas fans my age or older, maybe a little younger, know Graham Harrell. Graham Harrell caused me to shed a tear in high school in 2008 when he threw that pass to Michael Crabtree. That still haunts me to this day, especially after what we just did to Texas Tech on Saturday or lack thereof. (laughs) But now Graham Harrell is calling plays for the West Virginia Mountaineer. And he's in lockstep with JT Daniels, who will try to beat Texas tomorrow night. What is... If, if if I'm trying to explain to somebody who's never watched football before, what would you tell them Graham Harrell is trying to accomplish on the offensive side of the football?
1: Uh, Graham Harrell's is really good at putting players in positions to make plays. And what I mean by that is you look at the weapons that he has on offense. Bryce Ford Wheaton's your number one wide receiver. Anytime they can get him into one-on-one coverage, they get him in the football. Anytime they get lighter boxes for C.J. Donaldson to run through, they get him the football. It's about reading matchups and getting the most out of the players that you have. You know, I, I still like Neil Brown. I'm not somebody that's calling for Neil Brown's job. Uh, But I will say that one of the, the biggest faults I will have from him as a head coach was he was his offensive play caller the last couple of years and it was uninventive and West Virginia struggled to move the football. Well, Graham Harrell comes in and introduces more of an NFL style offense and the offense has certainly reaped the rewards because of it. They can move the ball down the field. They've got playmakers that look NFL ready right now. And it's all because of his signal calling. He lets JT Daniels dissect plays. He can call his own audibles and things like that. He allows him to get a little bit more inventive with his legs, which is something that we haven't seen in the past from him at Georgia at USC. Uh, And he just gets the most out of his players, which is certainly something you haven't been able to say out of a Mountaineer offensive play caller um, since Dana Holgerson.
0: Oh, okay. Definitely, definitely. I like that. CJ Donaldson, I I told y'all we were going to talk about him. Uh, One of the best freshman uh, running backs in the country, probably one of the best running backs in the country, period. 6'2", 240 out of the four games West Virginia has played thus far. Three of them, he's went over 100 yards. Oh, yeah, six touchdowns in four games. He's a special playmaker. Just talk about CJ Donaldson, because he's one of my favorite players in the country. But tomorrow night, I got to watch him run through this Texas defense and hopefully they can get him down to the ground because uh, the four teams job played thus far, I think well, he had one game where he had 30 yards uh, against somebody, but outside of that, nobody else has really been able to bring him on the ground. So just talk about CJ Donaldson and how special he is and what you expect him to do uh, tomorrow night against Texas.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And He's a crazy story. He's somebody that wasn't recruited by West Virginia. They were there at his high school recruiting one of his teammates, and he just kind of popped out. He was somebody that Neil Brown brings into the program, wants to stash at that tight end position. And again, tight end. Let me lead by saying he was a tight end and think maybe two, three years down the road, this is a guy that can be a dude for us. But they start getting him carries. They start to see that he's an active playmaker with the ball in his hands. Neil Brown decides to give him some chances in the backfield. He looks great. And he talks about at the midway point of this offseason, he goes to his coaches and he said, guys, we only have three running backs that I like on this roster. Are we going to stick with C.J. Donaldson, think he could be that number three, number four back for us? Or do we have to get somebody in the transfer portal? And the coaching staff comes back to him and said, coach, we think he can be a guy for us. And he's certainly been a guy for WVU. Like you mentioned, 240 pounds. Uh, He doesn't move like somebody that's 240 pounds. And he's a dual threat guy because, again, he's a converted tight end. Uh, He's a good pass catcher and he's remarkably good as a pass blocker in the passing game as a running back out of the backfield. And another thing that Neil Brown keeps saying about him, you know, a lot of Mountaineer fans have been a little bit frustrated. Why isn't he our leading rusher? Why is Tony Mathis still getting more carries than him um, in the running game? Well, Neil Brown has said he's not necessarily in full running back shape yet, meaning the best is yet to come for CJ Donaldson. Once he gets in shape, maybe sheds off a couple pounds, uh, he's going to be even better than he is right now, which is a scary thought for the rest of the Big 12. Hopefully they get to face him for the next several years and he doesn't get poached away and the lovely transfer portal. But for the time being, I'm glad that he's on our team with Tony Mathis, who's the starting rusher, who's a good four or five carry or yard per carry uh, kind of between the tackles rusher and Justin Johnson between him, who's a sophomore is one of the best pass-catching running backs in the country coming out of high school. It's a three-headed monster attack, and Neil Brown has said he's more than happy to use all three of those guys.
0: This man, Uncle Luke, just said C.J. Donaldson has room to improve. Like, he might get better. <laughs> and look, 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 look. I'm talking to the Texas football team. I don't know if anybody will, will hear this. You know, normally if they missed a bunch of tackles and, and didn't look sound, I would come on the podcast after, and I would be like, you know, just get on them, right? Just, just be mad. Y'all missing tackles. Y'all, I would tackle them if I was in the game. I promise y'all, if y'all miss a few tackles against C.J. Donaldson, I ain't got nothing to say in good faith. I ain't got nothing to say on Monday. If y'all miss a few tackles against C.J. Donaldson, I do not blame you. Let's talk about the pass catchers that J.T. Daniels is going to be throwing to. You mentioned Bryce Fort Wheaton, obviously a really good player, had a crucial drop that turned into a pick six uh, in the pit game. I was sad. I was rooting for West Virginia in that game. But talk about, and, and, uh, <laughs> <you're welcome. laughs> talk about him. Uh, and You're welcome. Talk about Bryce War Wheaton and the other pass catchers that uh, J.T. Daniels will be throwing to tomorrow night.
1: Yeah, I think what's so important about these wide receivers is they all have their role and they play it really well. Bryce Ford Wheaton got off to a really good start. Again, he's a contested catch guy, but he does well and does good things after the catch as well uh, at that six foot two spot at that position. Had over 500 yards receiving last year. A name I think the Texas fans should keep an eye on for this game is Caden Prather, uh, who is one of the most highly touted wide receiver recruits that West Virginia has ever had and had a breakout performance last week against Virginia Tech, is another size speed guy. He's not as strong as Bryce Ford Wheaton, but he's a little bit more quicker and a little bit more agile as somebody else that if you put in a one-on-one situation uh, is certainly somebody that you can make you pay. You have Sam James, who was phenomenal for WVU as a freshman a couple of years ago, has struggled since then with drops, but he's one of the best route runners in the conference. And then you have guys behind him. Uh, Ree Smith is a good slot guy. Uh, he reminds Neil Brown, of course, head coach of the Mountaineers of himself as a player. And I think that's why he gets so many snaps, but he is a good player when you can't get in the ball. Preston Fox is a Morgantown native, was a walk-on, got a scholarship in the off season. He's somebody that they like that can run a ton of routes. Cortez Braham as well. There's depth at this position, but it's highlighted by Bryce Ford Wheaton and uh, Caden Prather, both of which are A couple of good performances, I think, for popping on NFL or radars, I should say, although I know Prather has a couple more years to get there. Those are the two guys that you have to watch out for for Texas. One of those guys can beat you, but if they're both going at the same time, then this becomes a very difficult offense to stop.
0: Especially with JT Daniels throwing them the ball and then CJ Donaldson, big ass once again behind him, uh, (laughs) toting that rock. All right, Luke, give me an offensive and defensive X factor for this game if West Virginia is going to win. Oh, that's a tough one.
1: Uh, On the offensive side of things, I want to go back to Prather uh, because personally, I'm a huge fan of him as a recruit and I've really, really wanted to see him succeed. Um, He's somebody that Bryce Ford Wheaton, you know what you're going to get because you know how talented he is and how talented he's been for this squad. Uh, So Texas surely is going to key on in him. You'll see a lot of double teams like you saw in the Virginia Tech game, in the pit game, trying to take him out of the game. If Prather can draw more coverage onto his side of the football, it opens things up for the entire offense. You've got those two going. You've got capable pass-catching running backs. Uh, and, of course, the other depth that I have at receiver, uh, I mentioned at receiver and Michael Laughlin at tight end as well. On the defensive side of the football, obviously we know Mr. Robinson and what he's capable of over there in, uh, in Austin. And I think the biggest key for West Virginia is finding the right guy that can stop him, Lee Coba. On the defensive side is there. Mike linebacker came in from a community college. And the word that keeps coming to mind anytime a Mountaineer coach mentions Mr. Koba is intensity. In fact, one of their coaches, and I don't remember who, came in one of the first weeks of the preseason and said, Lee Koba is so intense, I saw him arguing with a tire in practice. He's uh, an absolute mental giant, and he's athletically great as well. He's got that sideline-to-sideline speed. Uh, But there's a different... There's a difference between sideline-to-sideline side speed against your average college rusher or the guys that we have in the Big 12, like a Deuce Vaughan, or, of course, Mr. Robinson, who had one of the greatest runs of his career two years ago against West Virginia. That video, and, of course, I'll say this very quickly on a Longhorns podcast, the Snaps It Anyway Will Greer video, I've seen more than anything in regard to the West Virginia-Texas matchup that's coming up these next couple of days. If Lee Kova can be the guy to take the edge away from Robinson, at least on a couple of plays, because you can't stop him. You can only contain him to an extent. Those are the two biggest things that would indicate West Virginia is uh, is going to win this game.
0: All right. Quick word from the Longhorn real estate team. But first, I got to ask you, you brought it up. Was B. John Robinson out of bounds? Yes or no?
1: Uh, I'll, I'll say no for the sake of this podcast.
0: Hook him. He knows, he knows. <laughs> we all know. Dwell in Austin and Hill Country mortgages have combined to make your Longhorn Real Estate Team. And for all your real estate needs in the Austin area, you need to visit www.longhornrealestateteam.com because in a changing, more complex market, you need to work. With the top professionals in Austin, our data and information driven approach gives our clients a significant advantage. Decades of experience in all market conditions make us able to achieve the best results for our clients. And our clients for years have outperformed the market, leveraging our proprietary research, information and expertise, which is now more important than ever. in Austin and Hill Country mortgages have combined to make your Longhorn Real Estate team. And for all your real estate needs in the Austin area, make sure you're visiting www.longhornrealestateteam.com dot com hill country mortgages llc nmls 2324262 jonathan sarver nmls 993872 equal housing opportunity all right so uncle luke you spoke about uh head coach neil brown earlier who is now 19 and 20 in his west virginia tenure trying to get to 500 against the texas longhorns not sure if that's gonna happen hook him. all right so um you said that you're not sure if this is a must win game you know it's kind of early to say that uh, in the season, but obviously uh, Neil Brown is on one of the hottest seats in college football. So um, just talk about Neil Brown and and how do you think things are going to go moving forward? Not even just for the Texas game, but do you think he's the right coach for West Virginia? And how do you see things playing out maybe over the course of the season in the next few years with Neil Brown?
1: Well, I think Neil Brown, there's almost like a Jekyll and Hyde thing with him with this WVU program. There's the Neil Brown off the field. That is the greatest recruiter in West Virginia football history. I mean, the guys that he's bringing in are spectacular. I was thinking about how great these touted recruits are, knowing I was coming on this podcast thinking we fawn over four stars and they grow on trees down there in Austin. You guys have like 30 of them running around. But he's a fantastic recruiter. Hasn't mattered much, but yeah, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) But he's a fantastic recruiter. He's a great culture builder as well. Uh, Good chemistry in the locker room. Players like to play for him, whatever but then we get on the field. Neil Brown is one of the most unimaginative play callers I've ever seen. Uh, And his time management in late game situations have been abhorrent in times to the extent that it has cost West Virginia a couple of games that never should have been the case. Now he's done a very good job of bringing in Graham Harrell, offensive coordinator, to revamp this offense, and he's been better for it. Now I think he needs to do that more on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Again, I don't necessarily think that this is a must-win game for Neil Brown. I would be hard-pressed to believe that he's going to get fired before the end of the season. It's a $20 million buyout on his contract right now. And, you know, West Virginia, we don't have that kind of money. I just got to be honest with you. (laughs) It goes down to 16 January 1st. If we want to play that game, maybe we can in the offseason. But I really think that Neil Brown has solidified his place as West Virginia's head coach for the next two seasons uh, by way of his contract being so high. And, of course, the talent of the players that he's bringing in you can't overlook. Now, at some point, that needs to translate to results on the field. Getting a win against Texas is somebody or something that could right uh, a lot of wrongs to start this season. Losing the rivalry matchup with Pitt and losing to Kansas—nobody ever wants to lose to Kansas. Uh, I think getting to a bowl game this year, obviously, is, is certainly something that's going to help his stock long-term as Mountaineer head coach. Again, I'm not somebody that's necessarily calling for his head yet. Uh, if you get stomped in Austin and then you get stomped uh, playing Baylor and you're two and four at that point, maybe I would change my two. All
0: right, so I'm going to ask you then before I get your prediction on the game and we get out of here. As a West Virginia fan, as a a West Virginia lifer, really, uh, do you feel like Neil Brown is the right coach to take West Virginia to where they're trying to go?
1: It really depends on where you think West Virginia should be. You know, there are West Virginia fans that think that this is a program that should be competing for national championships like they were briefly with Rich Rodriguez there uh, in the early 2000s. And then there are West Virginia fans like me that are just looking for sustained success to get into week 10 of the season and still be on the outside looking in at least for a Big 12 title and then building from there. You know, maybe 20 years from now, we'll be lifting a national championship trophy. My fingers are crossed. But uh, Neil Brown continues to recruit as as long as he continues to get the right people in his corner. He needs to know his limitations as a head coach. I'm not a very great play caller, so I'm, I'm quoting Neil, not quoting Neil Brown. I'm pretending I'm Neil Brown. I'm not a very good play caller. I need somebody to help me on the defensive side of the ball. I'm going to continue to recruit, put us in the best position to succeed by building a good culture, but I also need to surround myself with the right people to help me build this program. If Neil Brown's willing to do all those things, then it would not shock me if West Virginia is, and obviously with the, the the mighty talent of the Longhorns in Oklahoma vacating the conference here in the next couple of years, leading leaving a void of power that West Virginia could certainly step into. Uh, it wouldn't shock me if Neil Brown's that guy. He just needs to continue to make uh, a successive string of right
0: decisions. All right, Luke. So we spent 22 minutes and 44 seconds at this point talking about West Virginia, the good, the bad, the ugly. But there's a football game being played tomorrow night, and you have the pleasure on Locked on Longhorns of telling me your prediction for the game. So go ahead. Who wins tomorrow night and why?
1: Texas wins this game tomorrow. I I think that I'm really concerned. I don't care if it's Carter, Ewers, or whatever. Uh, The weapons that Texas uh, Texas has really frightens me. And again, I don't necessarily think that for West Virginia to pull a positive away, as much as We in Morgantown like to think this is a big rivalry game and we want to get the win because remember, we have a winning record in that stadium, four and two all time. Uh, But I I just think that with a banged up secondary and still questions of the defensive side of the ball, West Virginia loses this game 35-31, but JT Daniels has the ball in his hands with uh, call it 90 seconds or something left in this game with a chance to go down and win the game. I would see that as an absolute win as a Mountaineer fan not getting the victory, but staying competitive in Austin, putting up 31 points uh, against a team that uh, only allowed 20 points to Alabama, although it's a very different defense now than it was then. I would be happy with that, and I see us falling by four. But again, covering uh, that nine-and-a-half line that we've been spotted for this game that I think is ridiculously too high.
0: Yeah, so I'm just going to say this really quickly. Uh, Anwar from Orange Bloods, he was doing his Drunk Uncle podcast on, I think it was – I guess it would have been Wednesday night at this point. And somebody put in the chat, they were like, West Virginia is 4-2 at DKR. He went on a whole rant. It was like, we're not going to deal with trolls in the chat. This is my show. And I'm like, trolls? Like, it's literally a fact. Like, it was just hilarious. My prediction, Texas wins, West Virginia covers. I completely agree with you, especially coming off a loss to Texas Tech, a backup quarterback, your number one wide receiver in Xavier Worthy is banged up. And Texas just hasn't played a full 60-minute game really since the Alabama game, right? They didn't do it against UTSA, but was able to pull that game out. And then they lost to Texas Tech. So I think the nine and a half point spread is crazy too. I said earlier, I think Texas wins by four to seven points. So I think Texas wins. Uh, and then West Virginia covers. Luke, this was, you know, I got to admit on the on the podcast, this was literally my first time ever talking to you, but it's been amazing. You know so much about West Virginia. You're so fluid and I've had a great time. I need you to tell Longhorn Nation or whoever's listening to this, some West Virginia fans are going to find this too. Where they can find your work, and we hope to see you soon on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm gonna throw that teaser in there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I appreciate you having me, Jonathan. Well, you got my at there on the screen. Uh, thankfully, uh, I'm a my audio play, listeners. Hold on, here. hold on. From
0: from audio listeners, it's Luke Wiggs for Luke W i g g s Wiggs, Wiggs yep. for. I can't, I can't leave them out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely.
1: I'm a radio guy. I can't believe I did that. I, I've <laughs> forsaken my brother and uh, a play-by-play guy as well out here uh, in the West Virginia area. And uh, hopefully, like you said, to be a part of this locked on uh, podcast network soon, we'll have to wait and see. But in the time being, if I'm making appearances on shows like yours and the other shows I've seen in the network, you guys are really tremendous. You're doing a very good job with the content. And uh, I, I'm happy to tell West Virginia's version of this story and this very competitive game. Hopefully that's coming up on Saturday. So I appreciate you having me.
0: Yes, sir. Longhorn Nation. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Locked On Longhorns, your daily number one source for all things Texas athletics. Texas, please let's get back on track. I can't do another seven days of what has happened since the Texas Tech game. Hook them. Peace.